Each year, thousands of book lovers of all ages visit the nation's capital to celebrate the joys of reading and lifelong literacy at the Library of Congress National Book Festival, co-chaired in 2009 by President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama. Now in its ninth year, this free event, held Saturday, September 26th on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., will spark readers' passion for learning as they interact with the nation's best-selling authors, illustrators, and poets. Even if you can't attend in person, you can still participate online. These podcasts with well-known authors and other materials are available through the National Book Festival website at www.loc.gov bookfest. So now my honor to talk with uh, one of my favorite interviews to do, and that is uh, the children's author, John Cheska. Uh, he has a widely uh, popular list of books that include The Stinky Cheese Man and Other Fairly Stupid Tales, The True Story of the Three Little Pigs, and Robot Zot, which is due out a little bit later this year. Mr. Cheska's entertaining stories have been honored with the publisher's weekly Cuffy Awards, Cuffy's Awards, and the Caldecott Honor. Mr. Sheska is one of many authors participating in the Exquisite Corpse Adventure Story. The story, which premieres September 26th on the day of the festival, is a collaborative effort with the Library of Congress, the National Children's Book and Literacy Alliance, and numerous writers, each of whom are authoring chapters of this year-long story that will be featured on the library's new website, L- uh, I'm sorry, read.gov. Uh, Mr. Sheska also has the added distinction of having been named the first national ambassador for young people's literature in 2008 by Librarian of Congress James H. Billington. This position was created by the Library's Center for the Book and the Children's Book Council to raise national awareness of the importance of children's literature in fostering lifelong literacy and enriching the lives of young people. Mr. Sheska, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Wow, that was a great intro there. I think I'm getting tired just listening. <laughs> well, you wrote it, didn't you? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I guess I lived it. <laughs> just just ripping. Um I, I have to start out a, a, with the end of the introduction and ask you about your position as national ambassador. I think everywhere I go, or everywhere I've seen you at least, you're wearing a yeah. medal. Um, why, why is this position so important to you? Oh, this has just been a spectacular honor uh, and, and actually, just it turned out to be a, a, a wonderful thing too. We've been have been kicking around the idea of, of forming like a laureate position for kids writing uh, for a couple of years between the Library of Congress and some publishing people. And last year, it just all kind of came together, and they asked me, and I just at first I kind of I asked them if they knew who they were talking to, they maybe. <laughs> misdialed by accident. <laughs> I was the guy who wrote the Stinky Cheese Man, but they said, oh yeah, that's who we want. We need some, some pep out there. Mm-hmm. So I've just been traveling around the country, uh, you know, talking up kids' books and bragging about all the great books that are out there. Um, what uh, what are some of the interesting things or, or some of the more unusual things that you've done in that capacity? Oh, well, my, the most entertaining thing is just all the stuff I get from kids. Yeah. Uh, because this is a brand new position, we're kind of making it up as we go along. So kids just completely take to it, and they realize, like, oh, this is a position with some pomp and circumstance. So I've had kids uh, give me sashes with uh, ambassador <laughs> written on it. I think my favorite is a purple one with some nice gold puffy paint. Uh, a bunch of fifth graders wrote me an original ambassador fanfare, which they played when I walked into the room. <laughs> and it's written for uh, kettle drums, xylophone, uh, and trombone. 
is kind of an interesting <laughs> combination of instruments, but it sounds just perfectly ambassadorial. So I make sure to play that wherever I go. Is there a step higher on the chain after ambassador, like admiral or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think ambassador is the highest. That's right. what they told me. I'm in charge of everything. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I have to ask you also about, uh, before we get to your new book, about uh, The Exquisite Corpse. I, I have had the uh, almost unique pleasure, I guess I could say, in reading uh, the first few chapters of the book that will start rolling out on September 26th. And, of course, you wrote yeah. you wrote the very first chapter. And without giving too much away, if you could just talk a little bit about that and, and why you're involved in that project. Oh, that's another just really cool project. It just And we brought together this spectacular bunch of writers to all write one story together. And in fact, it kind of goes back to some, uh, well, it's kind of an old form, uh, painters and artists and, and writers way back when. I actually fooled around with this form of one person starting a story or a painting, a drawing, and then another artist or writer continuing it. And it's just kind of a fun, uh, crazy way to tell a story. Mm -hmm. And when we decided we'd do this to, to, to benefit the Library of Congress and really bring attention to all the great stuff going on there, I just said yes right away, especially since I get to write the first part. And I know following me are great authors like Catherine Patterson and Kate DiCamillo and Daniel Handler, who's also known as Lemony Snicket. Yes. <laughs> so I got to write just this crazy wild first chapter where I just threw everything in <laughs> and the kitchen sink <laughs> just to see what like other writers would do with it. I was trying to picture, it almost seemed like maybe you were sitting there with a Dr. Evil laugh or something with all the loose threads that you threw out there. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. I got to just throw in some evil clowns and bad guys and two meatballs and a Star Wars lunchbox missing its thermos. <laughs> just, and it got specifically strange. And I, whoever gets the motorcycle or the baby on the motorcycle, I think, will be really, I'd like to see what happens with that. <laughs> well, I was I was truly laughing out loud. That, that's just a wonderful chapter. Uh, and of course, it will be exclusively on read.gov uh, and uh, could possibly be taking some additional forms in the future. Uh, let's turn to your, your new book, Robot Zot. Uh, what is that book? about? Oh, that was a really fun collaboration that grew out of um, the Trucktown books I had done. I worked with a bunch of illustrators who worked together on that, Dave Shannon, Lauren Long, and Dave Gordon. And I just had so much fun with all those guys. And then Dave Shannon and I just started talking about how we should do some a book together. And I started just thinking about, I love the way Dave Shannon messes around with metal objects. So I just started fooling around with the idea of a robot and some robot stories. So I wrote up this story of a, an alien robot who comes to attack Earth and fight everybody. He's kind of a belligerent little guy. And he crash lands on Earth and he springs to fight the entire Earth army. And there's this great moment where you turn the page and the next page shows him in the middle of a kitchen on Earth and he's about three inches tall. <laughs> He just doesn't know it, <laughs> and he never finds it out. So he's so completely mistaken that he thinks all of the kitchen appliances are earthlings. That's great. So he does battle with the toaster. He beats up the coffee machine. <laughs> he wrestles the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and he eventually rescues who he thinks is just the most stunning queen of Earth. It turns out to be a little girl's cell phone, but don't tell him that. <laughs> and he rescues her and has to finally fight Earth's commander general, 
the guy's dog. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and the Dave Shannon paintings for this thing are just phenomenal. Well, now, I, I, and you mentioned, you of course, worked with several uh, different illustrators and, and artists, and I'm kind of curious, what are the dynamics of that? I mean, how much give and take is there? I mean, are, are your words influenced by the pictures, or is it just sort of a literal interpretation? You know what? I actually set that project up to be very dynamic and have a lot of give and take. Uh, because for years I've worked, you know, with different illustrators, uh, and Lane Smith a lot, where I would write a story, give it to the illustrator, and just kind of let them do what they do. But I thought this would really be fun to go back and forth and to kind of juggle everything. Like, we really put this truck town thing together with an eye for it to be television and a toy and online. And so just kind of could live all these places. And when we realized we were doing like 50 books, we realized we couldn't ask one person to do all that. So we kind of did it like the same way they make a movie. You get a bunch of artists, and they design the characters. Mm. So these guys actually came out to New York. We, uh, we worked together. We actually dressed up in overalls like we were in a garage and worked together in the Simon & Schuster uh, conference room, which they turned into a garage for us. <laughs> and it was great because that really honed the characters, and I could describe each one of them, and I would kind of take off on stuff that the illustrators had done. Yeah. Um, I read that you, you like nursery rhymes and fairy tales. Why is that? Oh, I love nursery rhymes and fairy tales. I think those are just proven themselves to be the ultimate stories for kids. And because they've stayed around just for thousands of years, and they're just kind of like, I don't know, these well-worn narratives that have been kind of tweaked over the years, and they just they get I don't know, kind of more and more essential. I just love that they've been passed down for so long. Um, something that, like, the Grimm brothers collected, or just in the in the spoken nursery rhymes. Who knows how long those have been around? So I love kind of bringing those to a, a contemporary audience. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's what I did with the latest the latest Truck Town book is truckery rhymes. <laughs> it's just thinly disguised nursery rhymes. Mm-hmm. Well, if you were a truck, you would probably tell them like truckery rhymes. <laughs> now, y- y- your body of work—I mean, it's—it it almost seems like your imagination is limitless. How do you keep it going? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I never really even think about that too much. I think I'm—I'm I'm blessed to have been working with kids for so long. I just—I get to get to kind of think along like them. In fact, like I just got back from a tour where I spent a week going and talking to kindergartners and first graders. And that is just, that's a mind-blowing experience. I think maybe that's what happens. It's, I guess the kindergartners and first graders rub off on me. <laughs> Those guys always got something going on. Uh, are there elements, I guess, of, of what a successful young people's book would be, or I, I guess sort of a, a recipe for a successful book for young people? Um, no, you know what? In fact, that's some of what I tell people as, as the ambassador. I like to try to get people to really expand their notion of, of what a, well, beyond even what a successful book is, like beyond what reading is, what we might define reading to be. Because you might just think of that as a storybook, but you know what? It's also like a great nonfiction book. Like there's this great book out just about spiders now, or another guy who's writing about prehistoric sharks. Mm-hmm. Like what, a, 
what a spectacular book that is. But if you're in the mood for a funny book, um, you probably wouldn't like that. So you'd probably like a funny book. Mm-hmm. So I'm really trying to get people to, to really zero in on what, what kids are interested in, what that individual kid is interested in. That's a great book for that kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you obviously spend a lot of your time encouraging young, young people to read and, and to read more. Um, yeah. why, why is that important? Oh, you know, I think it's just, it's this, I've thought about that a lot, and it's just this deep, deep kind of fundamental activity, I think, that helps us understand a subject deeply mm-hmm. and makes us good citizens. I mean, it's kind of appropriate that the, the big book festival that we have is in the nation's capital. It's like what makes us a democratic society is informed citizens. Mm-hmm. And I think we have truly informed citizens if, if they're readers. And it's also, you know, I, I like to kind of get kids started on it, not with something that heavy-handed or, or something that's such an assignment, but just to get them started with books they, they like or maybe that they might even start with laughing at. Because mm-hmm. that's the way I got started. My mom and dad read me stuff like Go Dog Go and Green Eggs and Ham and just these all these funny books. I just laughed and wanted to find out more. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I guess maybe a slight departure for you was something called Guys Write for Guys Read. Uh, what is that? That was actually an outgrowth, um, a publication that kind of supported uh, a web-based literacy initiative that I started called Guys Read about uh, seven or eight years ago now. And it's a, a literacy campaign just to help get boys reading. Because my experience, I have a, a daughter and a son, and I grew up with five brothers. And then I went into this kind of really almost all women's world of elementary school teaching and children's publishing. And I just found boys weren't, weren't connecting with reading. Then I started looking into things, man, and the statistics are just terrible. Mm. Like boys have been dropping in reading for the last 25 years, and it's, it's getting worse. I mean, we're at this point now where we're seeing these effects like enrollment in college is 60-40, female to male. And it's just boys checking out of reading. Mm. So I wanted to find a way just to, like, call attention to this problem for starters, which is great. Now I think people are aware of it. And the second step, then, is to get people to look at what we're making kids read and and how we're teaching reading. Because, I don't know, boys are just different. Mm-hmm. And I think I learned that <laughs> growing up with a bunch of brothers. Yeah. Now, you started out your career as a, as a teacher. What motivated you to shift gears and go into the literary world? You know, it's kind of a continuation. Um, it just took me that long to figure out where my audience was. Because <laughs> I actually went to school. I came out, I grew up in Michigan, uh, got a master's, and was fooling around with uh, going into pre med thinking about applying to medical schools, but I thought that was a little too gross. And I actually ended up coming out here to New York, uh, where I went and got a master's in fiction writing, which then enabled me to paint apartments everywhere. Because <laughs> you can't do much with a fiction writing degree. Yeah. And I was always writing for uh, adults, just thinking I'd like to write kind of weird short stories. And I then ended up started teaching and taught for a couple of years before it finally dawned on me, like, oh, here's my audience sitting right mm. in front of me. They're, they're a lot shorter than I thought, <laughs> but, but every bit is smart and funny and crazy. 
And I just started writing for my second and third graders. Now, when you came to the 2008 festival, you brought with you a book called Knucklehead, and you did several readings from that. I found very, very entertaining. So just, <laughs> it, I just wanted to give you a chance to plug it. Just tell us a little bit about what that book is about. Oh, that was so much fun to do. And I didn't get kicked out of uh, the town, which is good, because <laughs> I did read that to uh, the first lady, Laura Bush, and her husband, <laughs> and the, gave them an inscribed copy. I'm trying to remember which setting you actually read the Crossing Streams story. but uh... <laughs> It was in the, at the black tie event, or at the black tie dinner, and everyone's in their tuxes and fancy outfits. I thought that was perfect. And actually, everyone got such a kick out of it. Because Knucklehead is just the collected stories of me growing up with my five brothers. And the title comes from what my dad used to affectionately call us, I think, as a sort of a group collective noun, like, what are all you knuckleheads doing? Or who was the knucklehead who put the army man in the toaster? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just stories of, like, growing up with my crazy brothers, all illustrated with pictures from my uh, scrapbook, which were just hysterical good fun to go rifling through. Well, John Cheska, uh, we certainly are looking forward to hearing more from you. Uh, before I let you go, uh, what's what's coming up next for you? Um, I got a couple things, a bunch more truck town stuff, and we're actually working on the TV now, which is kind of exciting. Hmm. And I'm also working on a project for kind of older kids, like fourth, fifth graders, called Spaceheads. And it's a whole combined program kind of in a way like a 39 clues where it's books online and it really asks kids to be part of the storytelling they have to be spaceheads to really figure things out mm -hmm. and help save the world hmm. well john cheska thank you so much for your time today i really oh, my it. pleasure and i can't wait to get out there on the mall and make some more trouble well, and we can't wait either. We'll get to see you at uh, the National Book Festival. That's Saturday, September 26th on the National Mall from 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. The event, as always, is free and open to the public. For more details and a complete list of participating authors, you can visit www.loc.gov bookfest. From the Library of Congress, this is Matt Raymond. Thank you so much for listening.